Well, Happy New Year, Luminous. Come on, 2019. 2019. Well, man, I am so excited stepping in into a new year for a couple reasons, right? One of the reasons is because, like, everything that I committed to do last year that I didn't do, I can actually do this year. You know, and one of those big things is going to the gym. You know, and so, like, I started my membership last year and kind of, you know, went a couple times, and that was just kind of the end of you know, the year. And so, man, now we're in 2019, and I'm going to be back in the gym. We'll be back in there so all y'all have your New Year's resolutions. Let's stick together. Let's get it done. But uh, another thing is, is when, uh, there's a saying every new year, right, uh, is that, man, new year, new me. Come on. New year, new me, right? And, and that's great, right? That's, it's a great little saying, but uh, what's even greater is that, like, even if there's a new you, there's the same God. Man, meaning that, like, man, the God that we serve, he doesn't change. And because he doesn't change, that means that the promises that he said last year and the year before still remain the same. And so as you continue to abide and, and walk in him, God is going to do the work in you. It's God who's going to do that work. And so, man, today we're going to be kicking off our new series, Great Faith. And just like Alyssa and Chase said, that we're going to do a corporate fast. And fasting is one of the things that, man, I hate, but at the same time, same thing I love. Like, you know, you've ever had something that you love the results of, but you don't like the process, right? So that's one of the things about fasting is like, man, you may not like the process, but the results are amazing, but you can't really enjoy the process fully or enjoy the results fully until you go through the process, you know. And so uh, I just want to encourage you to go ahead and just take a book and, like I said, download the app. It's going to be amazing. And so this morning, we're going to be diving into Hebrews 10, uh, verse 32 through 39. And so go ahead and open your Bible apps. Go ahead and flip through the pages. If you're old school and you like that paper on your fingers, that's what I like. And so um, as you're getting there, I'm going to continue on and then we'll jump into scripture here in a minute. And so one of the things I like about Hebrews is that uh, as you're reading through, there's many moments that it's almost like locker room talk, meaning like there's moments of encouragement as if like it's halftime and the team just needs some encouragement to push through to actually win the game. So it doesn't necessarily sound like too much like a sermon, uh, Sunday sermon, but more of an encouragement, and, which is great. And so this is what's happening here, is that the, the writer of Hebrews is addressing some, some believers who've been in the game for a while. Like they've walked with the Lord and they've seen God do some pretty amazing things, but then they're starting to face a little temptation and they're on the verge of just giving up and just trying to, on the verge of just breaking. And so, man, maybe that was you in 2018. Maybe there was something that just hit you really hard. And you're like, man, 2019, I'm believing that, man, this 19 is going to be the year of change. That God is going to do something great in 19. And so this is what's really interesting is that as we're going to be reading through the scripture, um, one of the things is, that, is this, is that, you know, what does the Bible say to people? When giving up seems more of an option than just enduring, than just pressing through and pressing 
on. And while Hebrews has a lot of amazing things theologically, you know, it's very rich. And they talk about the superiority of Jesus and who he is and how and really just the power that he brings and how we're able to enter into the holies of holies because of his sacrifice. But it also speaks as much to the heart as it does the head. And my hope this morning, as we are going to dive into Hebrews and see what the Lord has for us, is that man, God's word would be a fresh faith into our hearts. That we can leave here with just some fresh faith that we can step out and start believing for things that we thought maybe would never happen. And say, man, my God that I serve is big. And because I serve a big God, I need big faith. And so, and this is what all this series is about. This is what the fast is about. And this is why some of you are here this morning. Because you want, you want something to leave with so that can help encourage you into the nineteen. And so let's pick up in Hebrews 10, 32 through 39. It says, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle of sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that yourselves had better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet in a little while, and the coming one will come, and will not delay, but my righteous will shall, uh uh-oh, excuse me, Uh, my righteous one should live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and persevere their souls. And this is the word of the Lord. Amen? All right, so if you're taking notes this morning, the title of this message is No Shrinking Back. It's because there's too much at stake to lose or throw away our confidence in God. There's way too much at stake. So what we're going to do this morning, we're going to go verse by verse, and then we'll wrap up with some kind of application that you can actually use um, once you leave here. So let us pray this morning. Father, I ask you that you speak through me this morning in order for you, for your word and your son to be glorified. God, prepare our hearts, minds, and soul to receive whatever you have for us. God, allow us to see you clearly. God, I pray that we're able to bring anything we need to the altar, God, so that we can change it and exchange it with your truth, with your promises and who, and who you want us to be, and more importantly, who you called us to be. God, help us increase our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I read this verse, I, you can kind of tell, like, man, there's a sense of urgency that this writer in Hebrews has. He's trying to get his point across. And more importantly, the thing is he's trying to show is that there's something great at stake. There's something huge at stake that's on the line, and that very thing is their faith. See, when we look at verse 32, it says, Recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering. How many of y'all 
This past year, going into 19, you, you put your best nine on Instagram. Anyone want to admit to that in a couple, couple in the house? Okay, maybe, maybe if you didn't do the best nine, maybe, maybe you're looking back at photos and photo albums of your little old school, you like the photos. I, I like the photos because I never actually scroll in my Instagram or the pictures I've actually taken. But whatever it is, if, uh, the thing is, is that no matter what it is, I think we love to look back and look at memories. So, but what about the things you don't want to remember that happened in 18? And what about the hurt and the pain and the, the loss of a job or the loss of a loved one, those things that you're trying to neglect and say, like, hey, I don't want to focus on that right now. What about those things in 18? I think sometimes we don't want to remember those things because when we, when we actually think about them, then an emotion is attached and we don't want to actually feel those things in the moment but I want to encourage you, church, this morning that whatever you consider to be the worst things that happened, maybe in 18 or 17 or 16 or 15 or 14 or whatever it was, man, God wants to use that very thing to increase your faith. He wants to use that very thing as soil to produce more faith in you. So as we're stepping into this greater faith series we also have to remember, as he's saying in Hebrews, remember when God did that thing in your life. Remember when you first encountered Jesus and how amazing it was and how much you were in love with the presence of God and you were just zealous and you were reading your word and you were just so excited about what next thing God is going to reveal to you. And this is the thing that he's saying. He's like, man, that... Remember that moment, because it's that very moment that's going to propel you when you feel like giving up, when you feel like this season is not giving way, but yet God is saying, hey, I'm pushing you through to the next season because what the enemy is trying to do, what opposition is trying to do and take you out, I'm using that very thing, not to destroy you, but to push you. And so one thing is great is that as we were reminded that salvation is a miracle from God, because this is actually God, the deity, the creator of all things, coming in and stepping in to change your life, stepping into time to do something, a work in you. And so before we had knowledge of him, but now we have revelation of who he actually is. And when that happens, there's lordship. The idea when we talk about lordship is recognizing the position in which Jesus has in our life. And so as we go further, we're going to look at verse 33 and 34, and this is what it reads. It says, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, sometimes being partners with those so treated. And so now the author of Hebrews, he's actually saying, hey, these are the things that you went through. Remember what God did in your life. But now let me, these are some of the things that God got you through. Some affliction. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that yourselves had a better possessions, an abiding one. See, verse 32 and 34 gives us more detail about the suffering that they actually endured. See, part of what they endured was their own shame and part of what they endured was their willingness to endure with others. See, the way that it talks about how they endured with one another showed that they actually were very tight-knit 
in the community. And so when we read later on in uh, verses 10, or actually before, 10, 24, and 25 says, do not give up meeting with one another as some are in the habit of doing. And so this is a group of people who have done life with one another. They've been through some tough things. And now, lastly, uh, is here uh, what they have going for themselves their former days. is what they have in their former days is this. They had endurance to push through. They had sympathy, sympathy to go uh, for one another as they were going through hardship. They had joy even during persecution, and they had perspective. And perspective is something great because you can be going through the most difficult time, but if you have the right perspective, more importantly, if you have a heavenly perspective, then you'll have great faith. Because you're not relying on what you see, but who you know in the person of Jesus. And sometimes I fall into this category of like, man, I've been serving the Lord for 10, 20 years or whatever, you know, and say like, man, like, man, this is nothing new to me. It's just like every other season, you got to pray, you got to fast. That's the antidote to everything, right? But it's just like, it's not just how long you've been in the game that makes you a mature Christian. Because at times, you know, I feel like that automatically just shows like I've been in a long time, so I'm, I'm very mature in my faith. But more, in more instances, that's not the case because you could be stagnant and time can keep going. I mean, like God wants you not only to, to you know, have great faith, but to continue to walk with him and um, really pour in and grow the relationship you have with him. So those were the four things that they had in their former years. They had great endurance, sympathy, joy, perspective. And this is the very thing that Arthur in Hebrews is saying, like, man, this is what you need. You need that back again. Like, remember that and bring it back. And I think that very thing for us as we're reading that is like, man, what is that for you? Like, are you, as you're here this morning, what is that for you? What is it that you're needing, you know, when God, when you first encountered Jesus and he changed your life and you were zealous, maybe it's compassion, maybe it's this quickness to forgive instead of being angry. Like, what is the very thing that you're having to revert back to in your younger, former days? I think that's a lot of times we need to look at that and like, man, like I think that all the time. It's like, man, I used to, man, pray and read my Bible for like 10 hours a day. And I'm like, man, I'm like trying to get 30 minutes in, you know, today. And it's like, man, what's different? You know, is it just the time? Is it just because I'm busy? Or is it my priorities? You know? And so um, just thinking about that, what is that for you this year? And I, I, Hebrews 10.35 is one of my favorite Verses because um, through 32 and 34, it kind of sets us up for this. And it says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. And in the word confidence in this context, it actually means boldness. And um, in, in some other translations, it means man's freedom because of his new relationship with Jesus. So don't throw away the freedom you have in Christ. You know, so these discouraged Christians, they're on the breaking point, and they're wanting to give up. And not only that, they're wanting to revert back to their old ways, the old ways of sacrificing animals and, you know, doing the old law, which God has already done all that 
And so I think, like, man, even for us, it's like, man, sometimes we give up too soon. You know, like, man, like, I know I got to pray. I know I got to be in communion. I know I got to do these things um, in order for me to get closer to God. And it's like, man, like, but yeah, I don't see any change happening, so I'm going to quit. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to tap out. And some of the reasons is this is because there's some exterior opposition. You know, so there's things happening. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's people. Or maybe certain people don't like what you're doing, or maybe some people don't understand it, and you kind of don't, you know, don't know how to tell them because they don't understand it, and then it's like, man, I don't even want to talk to them because then he just is going to get confused. Or maybe certain people don't endorse your decision even to be a follower of Christ. Like, hey, why do you have to tell people about Jesus? You know, let them find out by themselves. But that's not what God calls us to do, right? And that's why you need certain people rather than other people in your life. Because the right people will give you the right perspective and point you back to Jesus and not to themselves. And so you can't do this alone. And so I found this out in my life that you can lose a lot of things and yet get them back if you have confidence. Like if you have confidence, you can get them back and the devil can't take your calling away because the gifts and the calling that God has given you is without repentance, meaning that no matter what you do, no matter if you screw up, you messed up, like God is not going to say, well, you know, too bad. I'm not going to bless him anymore. Or his calling is revoked. No, like, man, what God says, he keeps. God is the same, and what he promises remains the same. He doesn't change his mind. And since the devil can't take your calling away, he begins to attack your confidence. Because if he attacks your confidence, then you can't function in your calling. And if you can't function, you're calling, that means the people around you are not going to experience who God is and experience the freedom they have in Christ. So don't throw away your confidence. The thing is that you can have a great, amazing calling and have no confidence. Like, man, you can have a calling, you know, better than any calling, better than Billy Graham or any basketball player, LeBron James, yet lack confidence. And after being in the game for some time or walking with Jesus for some time, you need some endurance to press on when things are getting rough, when you don't really know what the next season is going to bring because everything up to this point has been in the haze, it's been foggy, and yet you're saying, God, I know you're good, but right now my circumstances don't look that great. You need some endurance to, to push through. And so that's why the author of Hebrews says in 36, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And this person is speaking not out of just like mere thought, but out of experience of what they experienced God has done in their life. Hebrews talks about the race of faith. It's like a marathon. That It's not like a quick sprint that you hurry up and run one way and it's like over in a split couple minutes. But it is a marathon. And I've never ran a marathon. I actually tried to train for run and didn't make it very far. And so, like, man, that's another thing on my um, New Year's resolution one year is that, you know, I'm probably going to use a lime scooter to finish it. But... <laughs> The thing is, is that endurance, right, that we need endurance to finish the race of faith. And 
The author is saying, like, hey, you had it. Like, you had endurance when you started, but somewhere down the line, you lost it, and you need that again. And so are you in need of endurance this morning? Are you feeling a little fatigued? Like, you've been doing this Christian walk, and you've been giving things to the Lord, but you're just getting a little tired. See, how easy it is to find ourselves going through the motions or just outright giving up. See, it's hard to have endurance when you don't have confidence. Like, man, when I'm not confident, man, I'm quick to quit. Man, I was like, man, why don't I even try it? Like, well, this go ahead, it's in it right now. Let me save, you know, time. And yet this happens a lot with, you know, sports teams. Like, if they come into a game with their head not in the game, Man, they're already defeated even before the game starts, right? It's all about your perspective and your, your mentality as you're stepping in. And so I do that a couple times. I remember like, Caesar invited me to his house to play NBA 2K, and he was like, beat me by 30 points. And at some point, I was just like, man, I'm not even going to play as hard. You know, I'm just going to be pushing buttons. Because I was like, man, if I didn't try, right, if I know I didn't try as hard, then it doesn't feel as bad, right? And so let's pick up back in verse 37 and 38. This is for yet in a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. See, why get up when sometimes you just want to give up? You know, there's moments that I've just wanted to just give up and say, like, man, like, it's just easier just doing the non-Christian thing, <laughs> you know, just living for me. But the thing is, there's nothing worse than giving up right when you're on the verge of breakthrough, right when the horizon is right there and God is saying, like, man, here's the finish line. There's nothing worse than that. And as we read in 37, it says, yet in a little while, and will not delay, suggests that we need endurance because the victory is near. And the finish line is right there. And it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promise of God. And you, perhaps you may be thinking, like, man, faith and promise, uh, those two necessarily don't necessarily go together. Because, like, man, if I have all the faith, even larger faith than a mustard seed, then pretty much, like, God should just do whatever I ask him, right? He should give me this job or he should, you know, whatever it is I'm believing for, God should just give me those things because I have the faith for it. But that's, that's not the gospel. That's not what we read in Scripture. See, it actually says that, man, great faith, we need great faith, but God should give us um, Oh, sorry, that, we, that the big faith that we need, sometimes it's preached like that, but in reality, it's just like, man, like what we need at the end of the day is endurance. We need endurance. And so 39, as we're going to be closing here, says that, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but are those who have faith and preser preserve their souls. So as we're looking at 39, we see that, man, it's like these believers, what they really need 
It's not to understand like who they are in Christ. Then they're not called to, to shrink back. And perhaps you're not experiencing some of the persecution that they are going through, or maybe you lost as much as they went through in Hebrews, but maybe you lost something. You know, last year, or maybe you're, you're missing something. You just know something is not quite right. Maybe you don't, can't even put your finger on it, but you're like, man, there's something missing from when I first encountered Jesus. You know, it's interesting. You can even be in church currently and yet have no confidence. I mean, you can know Jesus and yet lack confidence. You can be a leader and yet have lost your confidence. You can be someone who serves on an Ignite team and have lost your confidence. You can be a pastor preaching on stage and yet you have lost your confidence. And but this is where... Hebrews says, like, here are some key things that we can uh, pull from Hebrews that says, like, hey, how can we strengthen, strengthen the very thing that we're lacking? Which is just some stronger faith, some greater faith that's going to not only help us in this, this season, but even in the next season. And these are four uh, key points that you should write down. And it says, the first thing is remember your testimony. Like, my God, like, how much has your testimony affected you? The thing is that your testimony is what God did in your life, and no one can deny that. No one can deny, like, man, God did not do that in your life. You know who you were before, and you know who you are today because of the work of which God done in your life. And so sometimes we have to look to our past in order for us to have faith in our future. And secondly, remember your reward. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, 18 says this. So we do not lose heart. Though our, our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Meaning that even though I am getting older and my body may be falling apart, that God is sanctifying the inner man, the inner me. Every day by day, God is doing a work in me right now. And 17 says, for the light for this light momentarily affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Meaning that what you're doing or what's going on in your life right now, what hardships you're going through right now, is this temporary to the very thing that God is going to give you, which is eternity. Man, this is just a small portion of what you're going to experience. Number three, it says, remember your Savior. He who is coming will come. Verse 37 says that he's coming. Man, Jesus is coming. Believe it or not, he's going to come, and we are going to have to see him and really, um, you know, face judgment for what we've decided to do, how we decided to live our lives. But Jesus is coming. And the great thing by that is that because he's coming, that means that what you face, like we said earlier, is temporary. And number four, and the last thing is remember who you are. That we are not those who shrink back. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions. And so, man, I've never seen a lion run away. You know, they call him the king of the jungle for a reason. And the thing is, like, man, because lions are bold. And God has called us to be bold as lions as we remember who we are. And as we continue to to focus our faith and to focus our eyes on Jesus, 
Do you remember the confidence that we have in Christ? I'm going to spend this next moment um, asking y'all to repeat this after me. Because I, I believe that, man, like every year that you step into, not only in the year, but there's moments that you just have to declare things over your life. That you have to start believing in what the word says and not so much what you think. Because the, the song that we sang earlier says, man, the word is a firm foundation. My thoughts are not that firm. But God's word is firm. And so we're just going to uh, repeat this together. He removed my greatest fear and relieves my deepest anxieties through his victorious death and resurrection. He paid the penalty for my sin and he grants me a new mind, a new heart, and a new spirit in turn. So I could come into the presence of God with my head held high and with confidence. See, I'm stepping in 2019 with a new perspective, but with the same God. With a new perspective and the same God, that my confidence is coming back because there's so much at risk. And I'm gonna go from glory to glory and faith to faith and strength to strength. And then that's you today. If you're declaring that over your life, then we're gonna sing this song. And this song is not just gonna be words on a screen, but it's gonna be a declaration saying, This is what I'm believing in. This is what I'm stepping into. This is the promise that God has for me. I'm remembering who He is and who I'm called to be. And so, church, stand to your feet as we praise God. But more importantly, declare who he's called you to be and what he has for you and the confidence he wants you to have in 2019.